A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Radiovania, episode 77, your nerdy public radio for all things entertainment and pop culture. My name is Zach Rotello, at Zach Rotello on Twitter, and sitting like a billion miles away from me in Santa Cruz, no, California. No. You know how many miles it was? We drove it. How many miles did we go? 4,025. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How many was it? I forget. It was like 3,700 miles. 3,700 miles. All right. Something like that. That may, that sounds about right. Yeah. So yeah. sitting 3,700 miles away from me in California is John Swanson Park. We're back. We're back. The last time you heard us was uh, the sultry tones of Shazam when we uh, geeked out about Flashpoint. Yeah, but the last... <laughs> we haven't done it yet. Uh, what do you call it? A regular, yeah, standard formatted show, and probably since like before the right when the Rona began. Well, that's not necessarily true because we did do the uh, the fandom in review. <laughs> if you forget that, yeah, that's true. I guess I just considered that to be part of our DC stuff. But yeah, you're you're right. You're right. I mean, it, it fit in so well that it doesn't really matter. But like, yeah, that was our last like big news show because that was like the last big bulk news thing that happened was all the DC announcements. Right. But yeah, so we're back with a regular a regular good ass episode of Radiovania where if you've never listened to the show before, you're in for a treat because John and I are about to go through some of the biggest stories that we've missed in the last month, month and a half. I've kind of gathered the biggest stories from the the last time that we really got together and talked about news or like the, the, the most relevant stuff for right now. And we're going to kind of discuss and talk about them. And uh, That's what this show typically is right now. We're doing our DC expanded universe in review, which uh, we're still waiting on doing birds of prey, which that's on the way. I promise. But uh, we've done every DCEU movie from man of steel all the way up to Shazam. And you can listen to those at radiovania.com or subscribe to your favorite podcast feed of choice. Um, John, how have you been enjoying the DCEU in review? Like, you're the you're the DC guy. Like, how has it been going back and rewatching all these movies? Um, it started out pretty rough, but <laughs> it's... Really? It's you think it started out pretty rough? Because I thought Man of Steel started out on a pretty good note. Yeah, it did. That's true. I, I guess more of, like, just having to watch Suicide Squad again and stuff. Yeah, that wasn't great. I never thought I'd have to revisit that, but lo and behold, we did this show. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this episode is going to be, you know, if you've been listening to the DCEU, this is going to be a little bit of return to form for us. So strap in, strap on. It's going to be great. We're very excited. Uh, we've got some rejuvenation things going on, John. We, we've been talking a little bit about like, we, we want to like breathe some fresh life into the show. Yeah, we don't, I don't want it to, uh, you know, we don't want it to be too stale. We got to revitalize the listeners a little bit. Um, I feel like Cal's so, mostly complaining about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's probably, he's been sending us angry fan letters in the mail. He's like, yeah, 
I miss comic book shop talk. Where's comic book shop talk? Yeah, that's actually um, not what he sounds like at all. But that, that was <laughs> no, okay. I, I love you, Cal. I'm, I'm joking around. Obviously, we're doing this because no, we, we just. I talked to Zach earlier, and um, since I do live not in the state of Ohio anymore, I thought it'd be kind of cool if we tried to, as a way to stay connected, kind of breathe some fresh life into the show, come up yep. with maybe some some new things to do that him and I can just kind of like hang out with and then we get it down on a you know get it down on the odds so that people can listen to it for the years to come and when we're old men we can give it to each other as vinyl you know so old men waiting to die alone name that movie <laughs> inception hell yeah it was <laughs> That was, uh, I almost said Ken Jong. Who's that? Ken Watanabe. Ken Watanabe. That's right. Sorry. I'm not racist. I promise. Uh, <laughs> just ignorant. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've got some surprises, some twists and turns that you might not expect. And there's some things that John might not even expect that I might throw at him. So we'll just have to wait and see here. But, uh, before we dive into that, there's really no Mandalorian spoilers. Um, yeah. Then I'm fine with surprises. No, I promise. <laughs> Speaking of Mandalorian spoilers, no spoilers. Uh, we are going to be doing so theoretically. The next time that we get together to do a show, might we're trying to do like maybe if we can't do a weekly show, we're going to try and do like every other week. Does yeah, that sound I right? Think, yeah, is that considered biweekly? I always get it wrong. Yeah, biweekly, bi-weekly t- twice a week or every other week? My paychecks are biweekly, so I'm assuming okay. that that yeah. means every other week. So every time Zach gets paid, we'll do a show. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's great. That may because it lines up. I got paid today, so I'm extra happy. So it lines up for the I show. I got paid today too. I get paid every Friday. Hell yeah, brother. We can we have paycheck days together. That's great. Oh shit, I gotta pay rent tonight. Thank you for reminding me, Zach. Oh, you're welcome. Don't worry about it. This is the perfect <laughs> everyone wants to hear us talk about finance on the show. No, they don't. No. My finances uh, are horrible. <laughs> oh, yeah, ditto, brother. Ditto. Um but yeah, so by the next episode of Radiovania, mark my words, cross my heart, hope to die, whatever Eleven does at the finale of season three, um, we'll have watched the first two episodes of Mando because uh, they're doing them on Disney Plus is releasing Mandalorian season two on a weekly structure, just like they did last year. Um, but I have watched episode one. I just finished it. Uh, me and my girlfriend Carly just finished it while we were having dinner. And I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't give at least a little bit of my thoughts to get some of that sweet, sweet clickbait. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was enjoyable. I thought it was uh, a good episode of The Mandalorian. And if you followed me last year when John and I talked a lot about Mando, you kind of understand my thoughts on the show as a whole. I, I, I really liked some aspects of it and I really disliked other aspects of it. And I think that this was a very interesting start to the season and I'm excited to see where it goes. Cool. Can't wait. That's really all you need to know. If you enjoyed Mandalorian season one, you're probably going to enjoy this episode. Um, there's some really cool Easter eggs. One Easter egg I'd really be curious to talk to JP about because I, I don't know... Let me just say this, John. Okay. And this isn't a spoiler. There is an Easter egg in this episode that ties back to Star Wars video games from the early 2000s. No kidding. And it's really bizarre, and I didn't is expect Is it episode one racer? I'm not going to say anything. No. I'm not going to say anything. But 
there's again like this episode episode one of mando season two is directed and written by john favreau and there's references to like old ass star wars video games that's pretty cool that like got that got a uh that got a nostalgia hit from me for sure and that that gets some points in my book but how excited are you for this season john are you excited at all i'm very excited um, I've been watching Rebels. I've been trying to finish my watch through Rebels, and I'm first really enjoying it. It is my first time. I am very bad about watching the animated shows, um, so this is actually the first time I've seen them ever, um, which I'm kind of bummed that I didn't watch them when they came out now, when the hype was like really high, because I really do enjoy the show, and I kind of wish I could have been a part of that hype um and i have had something spoiled for me through like other star wars canon such as episode nine that now i'm like oh i didn't see how x character dies you know and stuff like that um however i think you know as with any animated show there's some up episodes and there's some down episodes but some of the some of the really good episodes of rebels are like some of the best star wars things that i think i've seen so um, and now knowing with all the news articles that came out over the past calendar year about some of these characters making their way into this for the live action scene, I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, yeah. I, I still haven't watched any of the I've seen the animated Clone Wars from like way back in the day. But other than the, the animated t- the Taranaski, or yes, the, yeah. the 2D Clone Wars, the, the um, Samurai Jack. Yes, Clone exactly. Wars. Yeah, but that other than good, that, but it's not yeah. canon anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, but other than Which that, sucks I've not because seen there's that any... episode where Mace Windu crushes um, Grievous's chest, and that's how Grievous gets the cough. That was that <laughs> really? was awesome. Is that what happens? Yeah, go back and watch. Oh no shit, that's pretty. That's pretty slappy. Mm-hmm. So uncivilized. Is that what Mace Windu says after he does that? Nah, he's like, say what again? <laughs> <laughs> does he quote that Bible verse Ezekiel for yeah. whatever? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I've ne- aside from those old episodes that I've caught here and there from the animated Clone Wars, I've not seen any animated Star Wars property since then. So, so here's what I'll do, Zach, because you have a Disney Plus account, so I do. you can watch them for free. Um, after I finish it, I will make you a list of the episodes that are really worth watching. Ooh, and, I like this. And then you can kind of watch like a you know editor's choice of you know vital episodes and or like really good ones um yes yeah, yeah. and then you'll the playlist and then you'll really like the end of solo with that mall cameo oh yeah i'm sure i'll love that movie more because of <laughs> supplemental material yeah when he takes out his lightsaber just to threaten someone on a hologram. They only do that Fucking because they have to have movie. one lightsaber in every Star Wars movie for some reason. Which is just so dumb. If I just they're... snap my fingers, all of you are surrounded. Remember that part? <laughs> Remember that part? When... <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. All right. Well, John, let's not belabor the point anymore. We got some news to talk about, don't we? Mm-hmm. But here's the catch. And this is what I was talking about at the beginning with throwing something at you. You know, this show is tired. We've been going on for four, five years of doing Radiovania. We've been going on since 2015. Isn't that crazy? It hasn't been that long. It's been that long. It's, it's Josh. <laughs> I was trying to think of a Last of Us quote, but I couldn't come up with one. There's no time. What did you say? There's no time quotes. I was trying to think of a quote about time. 
Yeah, there is. What's the quote? I've struggled a long time with Survivor. Okay, there you go. There you go. But here's the thing is that each episode we do this, I'm I'm always the host because I introduce the podcast, but then I am always the person that reads through the news. And you know what? Fuck that shit. Here's what we're going to do. Okay. I compiled the news in the articles, and it's called the News Flashpoint now. <laughs> and John Parker is going to be our reporter in the field. Oh, so it's like, yes. time for your News Flashpoint with John Swansong Parker. And so, John, I want you to read. I want you to read the news. You want me to go through all the news? Yeah. I want you to be the do. I I I'm you know I host the podcast. That's enough. I introduce it. I start the thing out. I I think you should be in charge of the news because you know why not? <laughs> yeah, we could try it out. I mean, it could go horribly. But, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I just read it. Read it through. Who cares? You know, we'll do the right. things. Well, first of all, Zachary. Yes. Have you ever heard of a little franchise called Uncharted? Nate, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have heard of Uncharted. Okay. Now, here's what I need you to tell me. Mm. Do you think that that should be made into a movie? I would say hard pass on that one. I think that those games stand alone as their own very well as movie-like video games. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> um, they are making a movie anyway. And this Same. past week, we got a couple of images, both of behind-the-scenes stuff, as well as what looks to be like, you know, staged photos, you know, for magazines or something like that. I don't think we've yeah, seen right. anything that will actually be a frame, you know, yeah. of, of the film. Someone on the Reddit thread for this photo, like obviously we're looking at the photo of Tom Holland right now. Yeah. Like that's like the marquee photo. Someone on the Reddit thread said this looks like a damn good watch advertisement. It does. Like, yeah. It does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah so, that kind of does. So uh, we get our first image here of um, Tom Holland of Spider-Man fame playing the uh, titular Nathan Drake, um, right. who was – uh, voiced and mo-capped, covered in all of the Uncharted games by Nolan North, which was another cool behind-the-scenes um, yes. photo they shared of the two of them having a little chat there. But yeah, we get this we get this picture of Tom Holland, and you know he's got the neck he's got the necklace with the ring and the the baseball tee, and you know he looks like an explorer. He looks kind of like a, I still think he looks like young Nathan Drake, but they're saying that he's not. Um, but Zach, what do you think of the photo? Uh, so here's the thing is that like, I'm not going to lie and say that this didn't like hit me a little bit. Like, I think this is cool looking. I think that he looks, he looks the part. I mean, obviously they, like Sony has said from the beginning, they're going for a young Nathan Drake story. Like they want to talk about, they want to tell a story about the origins of Nathan Drake and kind of like grow up with him. And they're obviously they're banking on this being a, a trilogy or a cinematic universe. And they're hoping that this movie is successful enough to do a two, a two and a three and, you know, watch Nathan Drake grow up and have Tom Holland and, and, you know, this cast follow him along. But I'm not, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. It's the same, a bit of emotion that I got when I saw Nathan Villian play Nate Drake in that fan film. Like, it's just, it's cool to see this character that I've loved for so much of my life be put on screen in some capacity. But, uh, I don't know. What did you think about the image as a whole? I mean, the image is cool. They made him look like Nathan Drake. I want to see 
you know, it's the same thing we've talked about with this movie for like the past three years is, you know, show me the trailer, show me the yeah, action. Sure. I want to know what he sounds like because Tom Holland does have an English accent and his Peter Parker accent's good. But like what accent would Nathan Drake have, would you say? I think he's going like, to sound I think he's going to sound a lot like Peter Parker. I think it's just going to be his. Yeah, American but I feel accent. like he Tom Holland tries to make Peter Parker sound younger. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, is he going to try right. right to try to go a little more gravelly? You think to be older or I don't know. I think yeah. that I don't know. That's that's difficult. I, I, I think it really again, like what you said, it depends on the trailer. Like it depends on the tone they're going for for this movie. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, we, there's not really a whole lot that you can grab from this image other than, like, oh, they took inspiration from the games, which you would hope that they would. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? But, um, right. Unfortunately, um, the elephant in the room is we still have to talk about the fact that uh, Mark Wahlberg is playing Victor Sullivan. Um, yeah. Um, I sent who is you a beloved character of both of us. And yeah. uh, that's a casting choice that I don't think anyone really agrees with at all if you look yeah. at anything on the internet. Yeah, it's incredibly curious to me. Like I, I sent you that photo right of Mark Mark Wahlberg from the set where he's With got the mustache. the mustache. Yeah, yeah, he looks he looks like <laughs> what was his name in uh, Boogie Nights? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but yeah, he looks like I don't know. Like I think this is like uh, again. I don't think he's old enough. No, he's not old enough. But again, they're trying to do a young Nate story. So they're trying to pull from like, again, I sent you, this isn't in the news doc, but I sent you that photo of Mark Wahlberg's uh, Instagram and he took a photo of the, 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 the wardrobe and it's the literally, literally the same shirt from the beginning of Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception, right? where it's young sully and young nate in uh, that city and stuff like that so it's like they're obviously trying to build these actors younger i just i just i i'm just not a big mark Wahlberg fan i, I gotta be honest with you yeah i think i found out the rado say hi to your mother for me say hi to nate. <laughs> say hi to elena for me the, i would say the only mark Wahlberg movie that i really enjoy is um the departed and the, he's only in that movie for like four minutes but um yeah or ted i guess he's cool in ted he's good in the nice guys but he's yeah playing like a, he's true. playing a caricature of himself he's kind of just movie. playing himself yeah, yeah. um but yeah, all we all we know besides this, I think, is a casting of Antonio Banderas, correct? And we're not That's entirely right. sure who he's playing. Yeah, so. he's listed currently on IMDb as just Antonio Banderas, no no name or anything, no no portrayal. It's just him. He's cast in the movie. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, like the news, the big news of this week was that they wrapped production, which I don't know if you heard that or not. On Uncharted. Yeah, they wrapped filming, which means did, that have they been filming during COVID? Yeah, they have. So they've been filming on and off since July. Interesting. Yeah, they had to shut down there for a few weeks because I think there was like crew member COVID stuff happening. But July, August, September, I think most of October they were filming. Um, mm. But I mean, that's kind of for a movie that I'm guessing that's this budget, like, I don't know, a four month shoot with a little bit on either end sound. They're, they'll probably have to do a couple reshoots here in the next few months before the movie. The movie's yeah, supposed to come recast, out next uh, year. When they request Mal- Wahlberg. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, or when they apparently, CGI his mustache off because it looks so bad. 
yeah, it, it really, I really hope that they fix that mustache and post a la Superman. Um, but if you look on the IMDb page for Uncharted, it looks like the actress that plays Chloe Frazier has been cast. Ooh. It's someone named Sophia Ali, and she's been in Grey's Anatomy, Truth or Dare. She was in Everybody Wants Some. I don't remember who she was in that movie, but that was a great-ass movie. Um, oh, yeah, you were talking about that. That's the baseball one, right? Yes, same guys that made Days and Confused. Yeah, but, Richard Linklater. Yeah, Linklater. But, yeah, so... All right, all right, all right. Yeah, (laughs) young Chloe's been cast, so you would assume that maybe like a young Elena might be cast soon. I don't. I don't. Do you? Do you want to? Do you want to have both of them in the first installment? Maybe tease Elena, like maybe have them meet each other at the very end. I'm thinking maybe just Chloe, and then uh, and then we get to Elena later. If they're trying to make a franchise of this, obviously, you know, honestly, maybe just have neither of them <laughs> and then really nail the uh, Solo yeah. Drake thing before you do anything else. But the thing is, is like, what, what would I, I want? I would just yeah. want them to remake uh, Drake's Fortune. Just remake it. No, I want a new story. Really? You want a new story? I do. Because uh, if it sucks, then at least it won't tarnish the game for me. <laughs> well, that's a good, fair point. Fair point. Yeah. All right. Well, what's next on the list, John? What's on? What's right. next on the news flashpoint? Next on the list is some hot garbage of news, uh, <laughs> which is uh, Jared Leto um, is going to reprise the Joker in Zack Snyder's The Justice League. Uh, there's a quote that Zack set up for me, which I'm going to read as the Joker. Ready? Are you purred happily? <laughs> Here is a quote I am reading for you now. Yep, Jared Leto who played classic DC villain in Joker's 2016 Suicide Squad. Oh I can't God. do this anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Thank you. It just hurts. It just hurts my voice. I know. Um, has joined in the shooting of additional footage for the Snyder Cut. The filmmaker's definitive version of the 2017 superhero movie he was forced to exit and never saw through completion. Multiple sources tell The Hollywood Reporter. So he's coming back. Yeah, he's coming back. I think Much this to is... Our disdain. This is a this is a fucking bizarre ass decision. And let me tell you, when I heard this news for the first time, I went through a roller coaster of emotions. Did you? Yeah, I did. I, I just did. went through one emotion. And what you was know, that? You ever seen The Office when uh, Michael thinks that Toby's still gone and then Toby's actually still there? And, and he's, he's just like, no! no, God, no, please, no. <laughs> please, no. <laughs> That's me. Okay. <laughs> So my initial reaction was, oh, my God, Zack Snyder, what are you doing? This is a terrible choice. Blah, 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 blah. This is awful. But then I started thinking, John, then I started thinking, what if this motherfucker pulls some crazy ass shit on us and actually does the Jason Todd twist, which everyone predicted was going to happen in BVS or Suicide Squad and never actually ended up happening? Which is that he's... He's Jason Todd, right? That's the, twist. the twist. The twist that everyone predicted was that Jared Leto is the Joker. This Joker has damaged, tattooed on his forehead. He's a punk ass bitch. It's like this isn't the Joker. Why would this Joker even exist? Batman would have kicked his ass from here to Timbuktu by now. Right. So the theory was that this guy was posing as the Joker. Who would pose as the Joker? Maybe it was someone that got you know 
you know, raised by the Joker, maybe with Jason Todd, you know, death and the de- death in the family. Right. Isn't that the comic? Yes. Correct. So it's like, yeah, like they were a lot of people speculated up until the movies released that that was going to be the whole thing was like it was going to be this is not the Joker that you knew. This is an an impersonation of the Joker. But um, I don't know. What do you think the odds are, John, DC superfan, that they actually are able to pull that they pull that off? Um, I don't think that they're going to do that. I would say there's like a 10% chance that that is what is actually happens. I don't know why they feel the need to bring him in. I haven't seen Birds of Prey, so I don't even know if he's mentioned and or in Birds of Prey. A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Under NASA's Artemis program, Dynetics and Lidos will develop and build a new human landing system, advancing economic opportunities and paving the way for a sustained lunar economy. Learn more at DyneticsHLS.com. So let me let me tell you what what but he's maybe it's in. a bookend to his character, I guess. Let me tell you about his thing in Birds of Prey because I I want your I want your this isn't going to affect your enjoyment of Birds of Prey, I promise. Sure. The very, 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 very beginning of Birds of Prey, like literally the first five minutes, Harley mentioned that she and the Joker broke up, and that's it. That's all. That's all that's there. Okay. No, so he's, no he's not even no, in it. Jared Leto's not in the movie. His Joker is not even shown. It's it, they represent him as a doodle. <laughs> like his Jared Leto's Joker is a drawing in the very beginning of the movie, and that's how he's like okay. talked about. Um, God, I'm just looking at this picture of the Joker, and I'm just getting mad. <laughs> I'm sorry, so gross. Honestly, like even if he was Jason Todd, I don't think I'd be okay with it because then they're doing Jason Todd dirty by making him look like a fucking punk ass bitch with a grill. Mm. But he got brainwashed and shit, and he got fucked up. Yeah, and then he turns into the Red Hood, not this weird cholo Joker thing that's going on. <laughs> Okay, so so then DC comic book expert John Swansong Parker, tell me what you think that they're gonna do with this. Like, what? what I is... literally think he's just gonna be in prison with Luthor. You think so? That's it. I really? think they're just both gonna be in Arkham, and they're gonna have they're gonna tease like a Legion of Doom thing, but that's it. Interesting. Yeah, because that's the easiest thing to film in COVID is like guys <laughs> sitting in a prison cell. <laughs> <laughs> well. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, I totally get that. But, again, they're putting, like, $40 million into these reshoots. Like, this is, like, they're, they're putting you know a ton of money in about this, Zach, is, like, they finally agreed to make the Snyder Cut. And they're like, Zach, we're going to give you $30 million to finish the movie. He's like, cool, let's announce it. They're like, all right, sounds good. They announce it. Everyone gets hyped. And now he's fucking suckering them for more money to do reshoots <laughs> because he knows that the world is expecting the movie now and they can't say no like he's making a lot of demands now i feel like Zack snyder's a huckster he's like he is he just shanghaied warner brothers like 
He's like Oz. He's like, don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't. I have no idea. I I think that this is interesting news. To be honest with you, like I don't hate this. I th- actually think that like Zack Snyder, given a crazy budget and letting him complete have complete creative control, if he's gonna do something interesting with Jared Leto's Joker, I guarantee you it's gonna be more interesting than whatever that fucking whoever directed Suicide Squad that was ultimately David took- Ayer. David Ayer, but was ultimately taken over and re-edited by that trailer studio. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. If Zack Snyder has a vision board, it's at least at bare minimum, it's going to be interesting. I don't think it's going to be bad. Okay, I can get behind that. I feel like it's probably more that I think about it. It's either an Arkham thing or just a way of him to actually finally interact with Ben Affleck. Um, I was kind of like a little I bit of retribution. Yeah. Give them at least one but, scene. But, I mean, he's not going to be the villain of the movie. Like, we already know. This thing's no. already packed with dark side stuff, you know? So it's going to be a small little part, I think. Yeah, but at least, I mean, again, John, Unless he $40 million part dollars in reshoots. Like, at least, you could at least, that's $40 million is enough for at least five minutes of screen time with him. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm optimistic. I just want to say I'm optimistic. You sound a little bit more pessimistic about it. Dude, I hate Jared Leto's Joker. I don't know why you're acting surprised. <laughs> no, I know. I uh, yeah. the other night I rewatched Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and I was like, God damn, Jared Leto, you can fucking act, bro. You like, can, yeah. It's really just can. the direction I think is what's wrong. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, if if I'll tell you this, if he played the Joker and he didn't look the way he did in Suicide Squad, I think I would even be more on board with it. I just hate the character design more than anything, I agree. I think hundred so percent. I think they, if they like make him, him so bad. Yeah, if they get rid of all that shit on his face and stuff, and make him not wear like not be shirtless, I think I'd be yeah. into it. Um, Me too. Moving on to some cool news, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, from the Hollywood Reporter, Benedict Cumberbatch is putting on the cloak of levitation and will reprise Marvel's supernatural hero, Doctor Strange, for the latest Spider-Man movie installment starring Tom Holland and being made by Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures. Tom Holland is Sony's guy. <laughs> man, man. Um, Quote, uh, this Spider-Man project already has some unexpected ties going for it, as it is bringing back Jamie Foxx's Electro, the actor-character combo last seen in 2014's Amazing Spider-Man 2, which featured Andrew Garfield as the web-slinging hero. Mm. Quote. Do you like Spider-Man 2? Amazing Spider-Man 2? Uh, no, I, I actually kind of dislike both the Amazing Spider-Man movies. I think I that like they have... the first one. You like the first one? Yeah, I like it well enough. I mean, I think I think they made the lizard look like shit, but I like the Gwen Stacy stuff and uh, yeah. Captain Stacy stuff. The best part about the Amazing Spider-Man movies is the... Because I didn't know this until recently, actually. Did you know that Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone like dated during the production of those movies? Yeah, that's why it was so adorable. <laughs> yeah, I, I had no idea. But yeah, like yeah. the chemistry between Spider-Man and... Uh, I almost said Jean Grey. Why do I want to say Jean Grey? What's her name? Stacy Jones. Stacy. Gwen Stacy. Stacy yes. Jones. Who the fuck is Stacy Jones? Have no idea, dude. Sorry, I've had okay. I've had a few I've had a few too many martinis or whatever. Oh, ben Affleck. <laughs> too too many. <laughs> I think that last martini was too too many teenies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the best things about I like these shoes. <laughs> The best thing about the Amazing Spider-Man movies was the chemistry between the two of them, and 
Like I thought the action was a lot better directed than the Raimi movies. The Raimi movies are the best in my opinion, just because they're so campy and funny, but like, I don't know. I think that this is a great, again, and here's the speculation is that ever since they started talking about Jamie Foxx's Electro, there was also conflicting reports from uh, comicbookmovie.com or whatever that website is that sometimes they get scoops right, sometimes they get scoops wrong. And one of the scoops that they had was that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were both in negotiations to reprise their roles as Spider-Man in this Spider-Man 3 movie, um, which lines up with the fact that this whole phase four of Marvel seems to be all about multiverses. Doctor Strange yeah, and the Multiverse of Madness. Spider-Man 3 it's is going to get, yeah, get real mystical. Is Doctor Strange 2 coming out before this movie? Because um, uh, then I think they would get introduced in that in the multiverse, you know. Let me look it up because um, I always forget, but they have the thing posted up. And again, like this is a whole thing that could be changed at any moment with COVID things happening. But sure. right now it looks like Black Widow is supposed to happen first and then the Eternals is supposed to happen. And then Doc, uh, Shang-Chi and then Doctor Strange and then Spider-Man, and then Thor, okay. Love and Thunder. Gotcha. So, hmm. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how they're going to play this, but, I mean, if the rumors are true that Andrew Garfield and, to- and Tobey Maguire are in this, sign me the fuck up. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, dude. All I want is Tobey to come back. Yeah. And they've already, co- they've already confirmed that Sam Raimi is directing Doctor Strange. Um, yeah. So it would make sense. It's like somebody from the original Spider-Man movies is going to be in that movie. I just don't know if they'll be able to convince Toby to do it. He's kind of a, I feel like he just doesn't act anymore. Right. He acts in a lot of independent stuff and he's, he's not quite the blockbuster actor that he used to be. I'm going to put some dirt in your eye. (laughs) Get some chocolate chip cookies. Go make me some, go make me some. Remember that line? Give me some milk. Give me some milk. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, like, I really want to hope. I, I love the, the idea of a, a shot like, you know, the, like the Avengers Assemble shot in Endgame, but the same it's just shot. All Spider-Man. But it's all Spider-Man. And it's Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland. And maybe it's Miles Morales. Maybe they get the animated Miles Morales in there. It's like, yeah. for whatever reason, that just really, really gets my excitement up gets and your I, spider it gets your peter tingle going yeah it gets the peter tingle going and yeah uh they've actually already i don't know if you've seen this already but they've actually started production on spider-man 3 um i saw that i mean literally tom holland is just a workhorse right now for Sony. Yeah. like he's going to wrapping one production and then going right into the next yeah i mean they they must be working on some strict Wait until they cast uh mark Wahlberg as the green goblin oh my <laughs> Avenge me, Harry. <laughs> Finish it. <laughs> For my people. <laughs> All right, Zach, you ready to play some sad violins? I'm ready. All right. The Batman is getting a new bad time. The film directed by Matt Reeves will now hit theaters on March. Are you are you humming Harry Potter? <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to think of the theme from Godfather, but I couldn't quite hum it. 
There it is. Yeah. Dude, Godfather, what a great movie. Hell yeah, um, brother. Yeah. Anyway, this film yeah, comes Bat- out March 4th, 2022. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, maybe. The, the, I guess what we should take away from this is that with COVID, there's going to be a lot of delays. In fact, our next article is about delays too, but we'll get there in a second. But uh, yeah. part of this was Rob Pat got COVID, so that's automatically two weeks of them filming nothing but villain scenes, you know, stuff like that. Um, but that's not how a film set even works, you know. If they have a specific location shoot and stuff, they can't just change on a dime. You know, maybe they do some B-rolls and some stunt work, but the fact that the main character tested positive for COVID, you know, probably means you should shut down your production. And that was pretty soon after they restarted. So um, I'll just run through a couple of the other um, date changes by Warner Brothers uh, after this came out. So the Neville uh, News Dune, which looks sick, um, looks has been so moved, good. It looks has been so moved good. from this Christmas to October of 2021, uh, which was the original release date of the Batman. Um, and then the upcoming installment of the Matrix, which is that still the Wachowski siblings? So I don't think it's the Wachowski siblings, but I do think that one of them is going to be part of this. I think okay. I don't remember who hey, it is, Alana or whichever. I, I forget yeah. their first names all the time, but one of the two siblings is attached to this, and the other one is like, fuck this. I don't want to have anything to do with this movie. Isn't it Michael B. Jordan in it too, or something? In the Matrix? Yeah, in the new Matrix. I didn't know about that. That's what I heard. Because um, really? they couldn't they couldn't get Lawrence Fishburne back, but then they cast <laughs> Michael B. Jordan, and people were like, yo. <laughs> they couldn't get Lawrence Fishburne back, but he comes... he He's Perry White in Justice League. Yeah, I don't get it either, man. Anyway, th- listen. All respect to the Wachowski siblings for all the... Know, visionary things they have done but sure those last two magic movies are horrible <laughs> I, just, I have never seen them i've only ever really? seen the matrix movie yeah okay just stop where you're at you're good <laughs> they're awful in my yeah. opinion at least so this is a matrix only podcast no no reloaded no Re- revenant or whatever the hell is what about what about animatrix remember that yeah um no thanks but I know that there are huge fans of that. I've heard that that's actually better than the Matrix sequels. So I don't know. Interesting. Anyway, um, other things that got pushed back our most anticipated movie, The Flash, was pushed from <laughs> June to November of 2022. Is that our Radiovania's <laughs> award for the most anticipated movie? Oh, most definitely. What, what if I get to deal with all these Batman? Um, and Shazam <laughs> 2 has been moved to yeah. June of 2023. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite part. Uh, Black Adam taken off the schedule. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? What the fuck? Are you I think serious? It has to do, I think it has to do with Dwayne's um, schedule. So they're just taking it they off. they definitely haven't filmed they anything. They don't want to put any hard dates on it? Is that what you're thinking? I think what happens is he's such a busy guy. I mean, he's literally yeah. in five movies a year that I think they've had to push back so much that they've reached a point in his schedule where he's making another Fast and Furious thing. And I think that's his... He's got a contract that he can't get out of um, with Universal is my is my guess. Interesting. So, yeah. I think I mean, he's being held so hostage because like you would assume that Dwayne Johnson would want to like put 
he's been talking about Black Adam. Like, he's actually been talking about it. Like, him, himself, like, on press junkets and shit. Yeah, so. I mean, he's the most charismatic person on Earth. So he's oh, yeah. always excited about everything that he does. But I think he's more, you know, he's just a busy guy in general. I mean, who knows? It could be... It could be so. Think about so many things that he's already involved in that are most likely going to get sequels: Fast and Furious, Moana, all this kind of stuff that he's probably had cooking down the books like for the next six years. Yeah, you know. Right. And I feel like they needed to start filming Black Adam this year originally in his schedule. So I don't know. Yeah, I bet it's you curious, we'll see it man. eventually. But they they haven't cast anyone else in the movie, and as we saw at Fandom, they only have like a rough. <laughs> um idea of what the movie's gonna be i feel like like i'm sure they have some rough drafts of scripts but yeah the trailer was so, just all zach go ahead like, and read that shazam book because you're gonna be waiting like five years to see this yeah, movie so. that's the thing is i feel like i probably should because you yeah, should because it's, gonna, it's be gonna, gonna be it's gonna be a long time you might as well here's the thing though dude and i'm gonna say this straight out the gate like you know i'm a huge comic book movie fan of i love my superheroes i love superhero movies but the thing is the the real the real down I don't know, the real, like, uh, heart herder of this entire, like, delay thing here in this paragraph is Dune because, again, like I was saying, I I rewatched Blade Runner 2049 the other night. I have Arrival on Blu-ray. I've seen Enemy. Uh, Denis Villeneuve just is such a great director and that trailer did you watch the trailer that he put out for Dune oh yeah dude it's so cool and I don't even know shit about Dune so I don't know anything about it either I've never read the book I've not seen the the David Lynch movie even though I love David Lynch but like oh my god I was so excited a a very a unique sci-fi movie a sci-fi epic and it was supposed to come out this holiday season, and now they're pushing it back because studios are stubborn and won't release shit on VOD, even though I would pay $60. You hear me, Warner Brothers? I'm, I'm looking at you. I'm looking out my window. <laughs> Warner Brothers, I would pay $60 to watch Dune and or Wonder Woman in my, the comfort of my home without having to risk myself to COVID. I would pay $60 to watch those movies at home. But now, just because of semantics and politics these movies are going to be delayed and pushed and it's just going to be a a fucking nightmare and i I, so again we're running long on this this news story but i didn't include this in here because i just knew that it would piss me off but apparently there have already been rumors that the tenant blu-ray release date is december no kidding i still haven't seen yourself go fuck yourself you know what i mean yeah go fuck yourself If, if if you're gonna bait the audience like this uh, christopher nolan is a director that i love it's a director that i respect and it's like you're you're why why even risk at all you made like less than 50 million in the box office just put it on vod and make people it motivate people to be safe and watch it in their homes and rent it but it's like god damn i want to watch that movie so bad but i'm not i'm not going to the theater to see tenet like i will pay for that when it's on video on demand but it's so stupid that it's like there's a chance that that comes out in december it's like oh just release it on demand what are you doing people sorry tangent zach tangent my bad nah dude i, I mean 
you're preaching to the choir over here, so <laughs> it's all good. Let's yeah. just keep dumping on the, uh, some gasoline on the delay yes. fire, shall we? Dump um, it on. Dump so it on. MGM uh, is looking for around $600 million in deals with Netflix Woo! and Apple. $600 million. Um, during discussions in late September, sources closed to the matter told Variety. The discussions were also reported by Bloomberg. This revolves around them, I think, finding a way to distribute Bond um, because it has been delayed. You know, it's it was supposed to be out in what, March? Right. Yeah, right. it was. So. Um, yeah, it was. I think it was supposed to be due out in March. And then the release date now is slated for April of 2021. But here's the kicker. Yeah, MGM was looking for six hundred million. Do you know what? Take a guess, John Jonathan Parker. What do you think the budget it was? The production budget for No Time to Die. Two hundred fifty. Right on the money. Exactly. Two hundred fifty million dollars USD. I it was a production budget. So they're asking for like three times the amount of the production budget to yeah, show dude. them. It's because Bond's a household name. They got the right. They got some BDE going into all those <laughs> all those meetings. So Easter weekend 2021. Jesus. Listen, let's just we'll get to the VOD thing in a little bit. Let's keep going because yeah. I think you already brought up a really good point and you know, this is the article, but um, just talking about how video on demand, um, this article from Deadline talks about how it potentially is maybe the future. Um, Zach and I have been preaching about this for months now, it seems like, but here's a quote from the article. Um, and I believe this is about Bill and Ted, right? Yeah. It is about Bill and Ted 3. So Bill and Ted Face the Music, which was a highly anticipated sequel announced long before the pandemic that I think they wrapped a long time ago, but they've been, you know, figuring out the right time to release it. And they finally did online. So um, the pick in its stateside theatrical release via UA releasing has grossed 3.3 million since August 28th's opening. But in the PIX PVOD run, sources tell us that Bill and Ted Face the Music has notched around $32 million. The movie hit theaters on a weekend that 62% of theaters were open. Bill and Ted Face the Music was available for PVOD for $19.99. So, Do you have any? It? A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. This podcast is brought to you by Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce. A great sauce starts with the best ingredients. Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce is that great sauce. Inspired by our founder's original recipe, Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce is made with delicious ingredients, including vine-ripened tomatoes, chopped onions, garlic, and olive oil. Simmered together for the authentic taste you and your family will want to come back to. For recipes, sauces, and mealtime inspiration, visit ragu.com. So I have yet to see it, but I've already rented it. Okay. 
So, so yeah, I just waiting. Yeah, I just uh, I don't know what happened. I got busy, but like the weekend before B, uh, Bill and Ted Three came out, I rewatched both Bill and Ted and Bogus Journey, but I rented uh, Face the Music, but I just haven't clicked my thing to like start the rental period. I just haven't right. like secured. I just haven't had a good time to like sit down. So you and rented watch. it for twenty, or you bought it? I rented it. I didn't so, buy. It. Yeah. So for what, like five ninety nine? No, I think what it's a little bit more. I think it was like seven ninety nine or eight dollars or whatever. That's not bad. I, I it was an impulse buy, but it's like I love Bill and Ted. I I I love those movies. And uh, yeah. but here's the thing. This is a weird. I I wanted to talk about this article because I want to get your I want to get your opinions. John, but like, this is in, this is an interesting case because Bill and Ted is such, is a mid budget movie. Yeah, they said it costs around twenty five million. Yeah, and so which is really cheap. And I yeah. feel like marketing they didn't market it until about a week or two before it came out. Yeah, and I remember seeing a lot of digital marketing on like Twitter and Facebook and a lot of stuff. They did an AMA on Reddit, which is a common marketing thing now, and. Google advertisements and stuff like that. But like, um, I was thinking about, you know, I don't know if you, I, I, are, would you, would, is it fair to say that you're more of a horror fan than I am? Yeah, definitely. So I don't know if you've been keeping up to date, but like Blumhouse has been releasing horror movies basically every week since the pandemic started. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, they just have a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. And, and basically all of them are making money. Yeah, because they cost like $5 million because they just film haunted house movies. I mean, exactly. think about Invisible Man. It's such a good idea for a movie because the other person doesn't have, even have to be on screen. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, man. And that's why this Bill and Ted thing is so interesting because Bill and Ted is, you know, it's Keanu Reeves. That's a That's a big name actor, but it's also an IP that's been around since the 80s. Um but this at the same time you're dealing with a movie that is very low budget and you saw a very positive return on investment for the studio like during a pandemic yeah. during no theaters like virtually very low theaters and low attendance to theaters so it's like this isn't representative of every movie it's not saying like oh if wonder woman came out on VOD they would get the same level of success but this is kind of like the this is kind of this is, I think Bill and Ted is a good representation of the baseline. So follow me. Maybe Wonder Woman 1984 doesn't have a $250 million budget. Maybe it's more akin to The Mandalorian. And maybe each episode is like uh, 4 to $8 million in budget. Okay. And is a little less grand and a little less spectacle, but a little bit more approachable. I think that this is going to be the future of cinema as we know it. Like, I I, I do think that, you know, God, I hope that there's a vaccine soon. And I hope that we can return to normal. Yeah. And I, I want to go out and vote, bars. everybody. Yeah, go out and vote. Please vote. Radiovania supports Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I think that goes without saying. Yeah. I'm sorry uh, if you were listening to this podcast over the years and you didn't <laughs> get that impression. Yeah. But uh, if you were listening to our, uh, our, uh, we got hammered and saw Thor Ragnarok and you're a Trumper, but go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but 
it's like maybe eventually down the road, you know, with the precedent that we're setting with VOD, like maybe these big superhero movies or big temple movies can get a little bit smaller and maybe become a little bit more lucrative if they're, you know, used a little bit more wisely. But I don't know. I'll tell you That's... what I want, Zach. I want a $10 million movie for the Batman. Like mm. just really grim detective, like barely any fighting. It's literally like a Humphrey Bogart movie, but it's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'm In here black for it. and white. I would be all about it. I'm here for it. You just get me good. Give me good acting. Give me some emotional storytelling. Just, I'm here for it. I don't let's need. Let's see what I don't happens. Need... Yeah. Let's see you what happens that... with, with Flash, but I would love for them to just start doing Elseworld stuff I'm... and they just make some weird things. Do you remember that scene in Justice League where there, where Ben, where Bruce Affleck brings Bruce up Affleck. Bruce Affleck brings up the spider crawler from the vent or whatever? Yeah. I don't need that, but that probably costs like thirty million dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody lost when they brought up the, the <laughs> night crawler. <laughs> yeah. Everybody lost exactly. All right. Um, yeah, dude. VOD. I think it should be the future of movies, at least for the time being. Um, and if you don't want it to be for your big blockbuster thing, then these other art house studios are just going to keep raking in the cash. So, like, get your shit together, guys. Like, you got to adapt to the times. I know Chris Nolan doesn't want to, but Warner Brothers, you have a lot of other people at your disposal to make movies for you when he's throwing a tantrum about a pandemic. So, I, I'm actually kind of mad at him, to be honest. Yeah, the whole thing <laughs> makes me respect, this whole thing makes me respect Chris Nolan just a lot less. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, I don't let's know. Talk, let's like, talk about the next thing. Yeah, let's talk said. about the next thing. So, I loved Zach titled our, our news article here. Zach doesn't know anything about Static Shock. But, from The Hollywood Reporter, Michael B. Jordan, um, you know, one of the stars of Creed and Black Panther and the all-fantastic Fantastic Four movie. Uh, is joining Warner Brothers and DC Static Shock as a producer. Static Shock was um, announced at Fandom that they're going to be working on it um, as a feature, which is kind of cool. And we talked about it a little bit then, and you you know, weren't too familiar with the character. But for a couple of people, I feel like you know, most people know him from the cartoon. Did you ever watch the cartoon? So I remember seeing like... Maybe bits and pieces of it, but I never remember watching like all of it. I couldn't tell you anything about the character. Let me read you a quick sentence from Wikipedia. Okay. Hit me. Doused with an experimental chemical in a gang war, he was caught up in high school student Virgil Hawkins gains a variety of electromagnetic powers and becomes a costume crusader against crime. So he, let's put it this way. Um, and I think we talked about this during fandom. He's kind yeah. of an early archetype for Miles Morales. So okay. it's for DC, it was a Spider-Man-esque teenage hero story, but with a, uh, a black American boy. Um, so really big fan culture surrounding Static Shock. Um, obviously not for you per se, but that doesn't mean that they're, you know, they won't be able to yeah, get you totally. on board with this film. You know, it's just something that kind of flew under the radar and he really hasn't been as popular since like 2002 or three. 
So yeah. well, um, the funny thing is that like even though I didn't remember like I don't remember anything specifically about the show. I remember the show like when, when I saw this announcement. Like I remember right. like I can visualize exactly what this character looks like in my head, but I don't remember like any of the storylines or the villains or yeah. any of the other characters. But I do remember seeing this, and I bet if I pulled the I bet if I pulled the theme song up on YouTube, I would totally remember that too. But yeah, probably. Um, I just don't know. Like, does this character have any lore outside of this TV show? Like, was did he have a comic book run? Was this a DC character? Did, no, he did. Show? He did have multiple comic book runs, including I think one during the New Fifty Two. So even like less than ten years ago. Okay. Um, I would say, his, in my opinion, I think the TV shows more. Um prevalent in terms of like his his character lore but he was created um one of the co-creators is a guy named Dwayne McDuffie who was very very much one of the main showrunners of the Justice League Unlimited cartoon that I'm a big fan of so that cartoon isn't very much in the same DC animated universe in fact I think in one of the episodes the Justice League shows up so because he's voiced by the same guy uh who voiced Green Lantern Phil Lamar if I remember correctly so um, there's a cool quote from, from Michael B. Jordan here that says, I'm very proud to be part of building a new universe centered around black superheroes. Our community deserves that, um, said Jordan in a statement to The Hollywood Reporter. Outlier Society is committed to bringing to life diverse comic book content across all platforms, and we are excited to partner with Reggie and Warner Brothers on this initial step. So um, this actually ties into something that I'll talk a little bit about when we get to Comic Shop Talk. So I'm going to cool. table that for later. Um, yeah, uh, speaking about like Static Shock and Miles Morales, and we're kind of like in that same, like, kind of like that spectrum right now. Um, I don't, there's no, let me, let me look forward. Hold on, hold, 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 hold. We will, we will talk about PS5 here in a little bit, but just very briefly, I don't know if you saw. But Insomniac tweeted a video today of the Miles Morales from Enter the Spider-Verse skin from Miles Morales in the Spider-Man game for PS5. Hell yeah. Oh my fucking god, dude. It's animated like the animation style in the movie. You're just going to listen to Sunflower and swing around New York? (laughs) You bet your fucking ass I am, dude. I can't (laughs) wait. Bring it on, baby. I can't wait. Spider-Man Miles Morales. I'll be playing that shit in, what, a week and a half? Two weeks? PS5 comes out? Yeah, Can't wait. very soon. Um, next, we have an article about the uh, Mad Max spinoff mm-hmm. uh, featuring mm-hmm. Furiosa. So here's the quote from that on Deadline. Uh, Warner Brothers is in advanced development with Furiosa, a spinoff feature of Miller's multi-Oscar winning blockbuster Mad Max Furio about the renegade character played in that film by Charlize Theron, who was a notable force in Max's survival in the desert. The standalone movie will reveal the origins of Furiosa and be played by glass actress Anna Taylor, Anya, is it Anya? Yeah, Anya Anya. Taylor-Joy in the title role. Uh, who is famous not only from Glass, but also New Mutants, which none of us saw. Uh, <laughs> the movie will track the genesis of Furiosa before she teamed up with Max in Fury Road. Chris Hemsworth and Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, our there boy, will also star in the movie that Miller will also direct. Uh, I, I think this has potential. I, I don't know what you, what do you I think. think? It's gonna be, I think it's going to be great. <laughs> okay. I mean... 
this dude, I don't know, Frank, what's his name? George Is it Miller. Frank? George Miller. George Miller. That's right. Frank, Frank Miller is the comic, uh, comic book guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, George Miller has, I mean, he's proven that, you know, after all these years, he can come back and he definitely has a vision in this, in this modern movie making era. Like, so if he want, if he has a vision to make a spinoff of Mad Max and, you know, that same sort of atmosphere, the action, like I'm totally down. Fury Road is one of the best action movies ever made as far as I'm concerned. Oh, for sure. One of the best, like just examples of practical effects too. No, totally. Yeah, dude, that movie looks so good. And it was one of the first movies I put on on my 4k TV when I got it. Cause it's just like, Oh my Jesus, it looks so good. <laughs> it looks so good. The way that right. it's shot. The acting is great. Like everything about it is just so visually appealing. And if, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily hungry, not like Doctor Strange 3 or Spider-Man 3, where I'm looking forward to like more stuff in that universe. I'm not necessarily hungry for more stuff in the Mad Max universe, but if he can deliver another movie that's as on par with the quality of Fury Road, like bring it on, man. Yeah, man. I, I I think I'll just reinforce what you said. Fury Road, great movie. If you're looking for something to rewatch during quarantine, um, yes. And I think this movie is gonna be fine as long as George Miller's directing it, which they've announced that he is. Yeah, if and, he drops out, love, then, yeah, yeah, then you have caused to panic. I mean, That's when on. you need to yeah. look look to the bench, maybe flex him out. You know what I mean? Fantasy football time. Yeah. So I I am kind of bummed that we won't. Maybe we will. Maybe we will see Tom Hardy as Max in this movie. But considering that they didn't meet until Fury Road, I doubt it. But I would love to see him reprise that role again. So well, the casting of Chris Chris Hemsworth is interesting to me because that makes me think that maybe they're trying to do like a young Max. I think Tom Hardy and Chris Hemsworth are probably the same age. Yeah, I know. I know. I thought about that too. But Tom Hardy looks decidedly older than Chris Hemsworth. They yeah. like. I think they're new characters. Yeah. That's too many recastings. Then you have three people playing Max. You know, you have him, Mel Gibson, and Tom Hardy. I think that just gets confusing after a while. Yeah, I guess. But I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. We'll see what happens. All right. Zach. Yeah. Why is Lord of the Rings coming to 4K this holiday season a big deal? Yeah, so I put this in the news doc, and we don't have to spend literally any time on it. Maybe even just count down from 30 seconds and let me explain this. Go. So the Lord of the Rings, they've officially announced, is coming to 4K Blu-ray this holiday season. And this is a big deal because the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Hobbit trilogy were all shot on red cameras. Mm -hmm. Like, not red cameras as in they were colored red, as in, like, the red cameras, like the pro cameras that a lot of movies are shot on for IMAX. And a lot of those IMAX features, when they get to home video, they downscale them so that they can be shown on your TV in a proper format. Well, for the Lord of the Rings Blu-ray, the the box... Alright, sorry. I'm gonna go for a little bit longer. I hope that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. So the the Lord of the Rings Blu-ray collection, the the extended collections that you guys have, lo- I'm sure you've seen in your local Target or Best Buy or whatever, or bought them on Amazon. The gold steel, the gold book with like the the Blu-rays with the extended editions and you know everything like that. And it's like 
those movies are they look fantastic on a, on a Blu-ray player, on, playing on the highest definition possible. But for the very first time ever, the Lord of the Rings movies are going to be able to be viewed at home in the same resolution that they were shot on on film, which is. You know, for for your average Joe Schmo consumer, that's not going to be a huge deal. They're still going to get the same enjoyment out of the Blu-rays. But like, for someone like me who's a big Lord of the Rings fan and a big filmmaking fan, like to see the uncompressed 4K, tra- like you're going to see a lot more detail. And I'm very excited to see when the side by side comparisons come out for these things. But it's like. You know, every single basically the I mean, the easiest way to the, the easiest way to say this is that every version of Lord of the Rings that you've seen at home that's not in the theaters has been compressed to be viewed on the TV screen that you're seeing. But now this holiday season, if you buy the 4K version, you will actually be able to see the version that they shot on film and not the compressed version for home screens. And so that's exciting to me. And, you know, just as my favorite film franchise and my favorite trilogy of movies. Like I'm just so excited to see them, even though it's just a, it might be like that 25% incremental jump. Like I, I can't wait to see how good these sons of bitches look on my 4k TV. I can't wait. That's it. (laughs) Thanks for going on that tangent there. I appreciate it. Thank you. Everybody go out and buy this for the fifth time. Yeah, right the same uh thing as the star wars trilogy syndrome <laughs> yeah i have my 4k lord of the rings uh pre-ordered on amazon so we'll see when that ships i have no idea yeah all right moving on to our next article which is one that i can't talk about much because i didn't watch it but david fincher's next movie um mink which is the biopic about the writer of um citizen kane yeah. Um, and it's about the feud between him and Orson Welles on set. So yeah. it is shot in black and white to reflect the filming of Citizen Kane. I haven't watched the trailer, but I have read news articles that this was, you know, in production and was going to be his next movie. So from everything that I've heard, people are super stoked because Fincher's a great filmmaker. So yeah, yeah uh, and I don't really have, I don't have a whole lot else to add to this other than if you know, check out the trailer, even if you're not a huge like cinema fan, if you're not a huge fan of Citizen Kane, like I'm a huge David Fincher fan. Uh, the movie is supposed to come out on Netflix on November 13th. Um, I think the trailer looks spectacular. It looks moody and great. And also Gary Oldman is the lead. I don't know if you knew that, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, anything with Gary Oldman and fuck me up, man. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. That's basically all I had <laughs> for that yep, one. Sounds good. Check it out. Um, moving on, uh, Ewan McGregor, uh, who plays lots of different characters, but one of our favorites, Zach, is him playing Obi-Wan Kenobi so in the prequel Star Wars films, um, has revealed on the Graham Norton show on Friday that filming will begin in March of 2021. Um I love this quote that just says it's the Obi-Wan Kenobi story, I suppose. (laughs) Um, Which just reveals so much, I guess, right? You just Um, hear so much care in his voice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So much I think he does care. I think he does a little bit, but I think he's kind of, he's been jerked around with this for a long time. I think he's actually probably over it. I think if you would have asked him five years ago, he would have been really excited about it. 
Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, they talk about in the article, like, Deborah Chow is, you know, she's done some of the Mandalorian, and I don't know. I, I don't know. I, um, so it's going to start filming this March. Mm-hmm. That's that's a long way from now. It is, and they're also probably going to be in the desert. So, Do you have any hope that we see this in 2021, or do you think that this is like a 2022 thing? I think it's going to be a at the earliest like holiday of 2021. Okay. They cranked Mando season two out really fast. So they did, but they also filmed a majority of it before COVID. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I don't lots know of X factors. Lots of X factors here. Yeah. But I'm um, excited. But anyway. I, I like the idea of a. I mean, did you did you ever end up? I, I I can't believe we haven't. I don't know this answer, but have did you watch Doctor Sleep? Um, I did watch Doctor Sleep. Izzy and I went and saw it on a date, actually, um, and I liked most of it. Um, there are parts of it that I wasn't super into, but I think that's just you know the story itself. I think he's a great actor, man. I mean, yeah, I, I think. I think this show, what really excites me is the fact that it's directed by Deborah Chow, who's directed all of my favorite episodes, The Mandalorian. So I'm pretty stoked on how she does action. Um, and I think it's cool that they have, uh, you wrote it here in the notes too, they have the King Arthur Legend of the Sword guy as the head writer. Yeah. Uh, Joby Harold. So, um, yeah, man, I think if they just do a really cool, like, what's he been up to for all these years story that's all i've ever wanted with you and you know yeah i've been looking forward to this since they talked about it as a spinoff movie and everything so regardless of the fact that this is only going to be like a six episode thing i'm still stoked and i think maybe that short form might actually work better you know for this type of story honestly i'm hoping that it's like five episodes and each episode's like an hour i think they're going to be like closer to like 40 minutes maybe even less than that i don't know how long is it episode one of mando season episode episode one of mando season two is 54 minutes oh that's a long time i mean credits are in there too yeah but the last ones were like 30 in season one yeah we'll see i don't know i mean Again, jury's still out for me on how well I think that Star Wars is being translated to television, but I think that Mando season season one had its high moments. There were like three episodes that I thought were great, and the rest of them I thought were like kind of boring. Uh, yeah. Mando season season two, episode one, I thought was pretty good. So we'll see. They, they, they've got a lot to prove. Um, but I don't know. I just want to see Ewan back in that role. I think that would be great. Yeah, man. I'm so stoked. Have you heard the rumors that they're getting um, Hayden to come back, though? I thought As the Vader. rumors were he was going to come back for, for Rise of Skywalker. He has that line I think in he the was. end of the movie. I think he was in Rise of Skywalker. In the he Cup. was. I mean, his voice was in the very end of it. So no, like, he's start. on screen yeah, as a ghost. But they cut that. Mm. Yeah. So... I'd like to see know. that scene, JJ. Can I see that scene, please? Yeah, please. Everyone wants to see it. Give, show me Liam Neeson. Show me everybody. So. Yes. Show me Samuel Jackson. 
Because he speaks in that last scene. Dude, there's a lot of Jedi in that last scene. That's Ahsoka. The, Ahsoka, Kane and Jarrus, Yoda, mm. other people. <laughs> other Jedis. But yeah, dude. Hyped for the Obi-Wan show. Can't wait to see the first you know, trailer and stuff like that. So. For sure. All right. Well, let's talk about something that you and I are both super excited before. For. Yes. Not that we're not excited about Obi-Wan, but <laughs> PlayStation 5. Uh, pre-orders have been up yeah. for a little bit. Um, it's selling like hotcakes, man. Sony pre-sold. This is a quote from, uh, how do you pronounce this? Reuters.com? Reuters. Reuters. Thank you. Yeah. Sony pre-sold as many PlayStation 5 consoles in the first 12 hours in the U.S. as in the first 12 weeks for the PlayStation 4 device. Jim Ryan, the CEO of uh, Sony, said in an interview, this is nuts, dude. Like, this is just, it's just insane. That is so many units. For people that don't understand, the PlayStation 4 was considered a blowout success when it launched. Over 12 like, weeks. Yeah. yeah, it was considered a huge win because... I don't know if a lot of people remember, but like when the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One were coming out, it was like the narrative was that Xbox One was kind of being like a little bit shitty and non-pro consumer and the PlayStation 4 like swept them and like hit them with all these exclusives and they just sold, sold, sold. And it was like this high selling console and it's now we're at the PS5 and the PS5 sold more in the t- first 12 hours than the first 12 weeks that's bonkers that's uh, this is i i it's just hard for me to even fathom this amount of and and it doesn't surprise me that it's so hard and, and this is what sucks is that like it doesn't surprise me how hard it is for people to find like pre-orders like i consider myself incredibly lucky for able for being able to find one but it's like I know friends of mine that are super hardcore PlayStation fans and like video game fanatics that haven't been able to find a pre-order. It sucks. Yeah. It's wild, dude. Like I don't have one and I really want one, but you know, this, this is kind of, I feel like what happened with the Wii. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. That first came out, you know? Yeah. It feels very similar. Back it's like, yeah. It's, it's like a cultural thing. Like the PlayStation five seems to be this very hotly anticipated piece of tech not just a video game console, but just like this piece of technology that a lot of people want to own. And it's going to be hard to find for a while. And I feel bad. Like it's going to be hard to find for a while. And especially because we're dealing with COVID, we're dealing with a a global pandemic. Like production is going to be slowed. It's going to be harder to ship these things when they do go live. They're going to be live for very short amount of time. So I don't know. I like, if you want a PlayStation five, go out and vote. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, seriously. Yeah. I mean, like... We should say that the device is supposed to launch on November 12th. But like you said, a lot of people not able to get their hands on it. And during a time of pandemic, it's a lot harder for people to just go to someone else's house to play with it. So yeah, it's a tough time. I'm holding on to my PS4 as long as I can until <laughs> I can get a PS5 so I have something else to do. But... I was talking to Zach earlier this week. I think it's time I broke down and bought a Switch. You know, mm. everyone's gonna have their eyes on the PS5. I'm gonna sneak in the back, get me a Switch. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah, and the rumor is is that quite possibly by this holiday season of 2021, there might be a Switch Pro. There's a lot of people talking about the fact that there might be an upgraded version of the Switch with like better processing power and you know bigger, better battery life and like 
you know, better visuals, all this stuff. So it's like, you know, there's even decisions that you have to make here, Jay. Mm-hmm. But um, I have a PS5 pre-ordered. I was one of the lucky ones. I was on the ball. I tried. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm a fucking dork, but I got one. <laughs> um, so I'll be here to give you all your fast hitting coverage. I'll be reviewing. I'm sure we'll. I'll, I'll give you a review of Spider-Man Miles Morales, and I'll give you a review of all the launch titles and shit. But uh, for sure, and. Okay. I'll f- I'm gonna fly my unit over to Santa Cruz, California, so John can play with it and all that shit. So I'll get one. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. Well, congrats on your get getting your pre order for sure. So. Thanks. So that's the news, man. We did that's it. News! Yay! Congratulations on the first inaugural uh, Flashpoint. F- oh wait, what is it? Flash news, news Flashpoint report. News Flashpoint. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're going to do that every episode and have to read that much. I don't know. I think this might be fun. I think that it, it makes me talk less and it makes you talk a little bit more. Yeah. We'll see if that's what people like or not. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but another thing that we're doing is we're going to try to get back into the comic shop talk um, yeah. game per week. So, uh, with that, let's head into that reboot, Zach, shall we? So, I thought I would bring up articles that could go in the news articles, but we'll just include them down here, um, okay. as well as at least once a month going over some potentially cool highlights of what is to come next month in comics in case people are interested in getting out and hitting up the digital game and or if you have a way that can you can get comics physically in a COVID-safe world, whether it's curbside pickup or something like I do. Um you can get your reads on. So yeah. these are just my opinions on things I would recommend. Um, but, you know, as always, if you just go to previews, if you look up Google Comics previews, there's this huge online catalog from a company called Previews, and they just have everything that's coming out for all publishers and stuff too. So I included the uh, web link here for Zachary, but that's what everyone else can look up um, in their own time. So Zach, two articles. We got some yes. good news and we got some bad news. Um, well, some bad. Uh, the good news was about getting balls, my man. <laughs> oh, is that um, the good news? Yeah, no, I'm just messing with you. They're both good news. I mean, comics are fine in general. But okay. let's talk about DC Future State first. So did you look at this article that I included? So I'm pulling it up right now. I've got it up okay. on my browser. I'm kind of skimming. So pretty much what they're doing is DC in the month of January and February are putting a hold on all of their titles that they have going on right now. And they're only releasing um, the titles under this umbrella called future state, which is the DC universe set like hundreds of years into the future. So this apparently spins out of the finale of DC death metal, which has been a, an ongoing you know, mega event by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. But you can look at the article here on DC.com or DCComics.com, sorry. And they break it down by character and what each, you know, comic title is going to be and how many issues, who it's written by and drawn and all that kind of stuff. Um, so they have it breaking down, broken down by Justice League, Superman family and Batman family. Um, but it's pretty interesting. So it's giving the chance for maybe creators who 
um, who are new to the game to kind of get some time in the spotlight while also providing a fresh take on some beloved DC characters. Like I don't, I think the only confirmed character that is going to be from the original DC line is Diana as Wonder Woman. She's called the immortal Wonder Woman now, but I think everybody else is like multiple generations later. So like, I don't think Bruce Wayne's in this much at all. If I'm going to make a guess, Mm. Um, I think it's really cool. And the fact that I like how it's not a full reboot, they're just putting everything on hold. Yeah. It's really nice for me too. Cause this means if I don't like it, I can just take two months off and then I can yeah, resume right. reading. I can read Batman issue 103 when it comes out in March. You know what I mean? Well, um, it looks like, uh, there's a monthly mini series of Shazam mm-hmm. yep, for those two months. And, you know, going forward, there might be some new things, but yeah, new Shazams, Superman's Mr. Miracles, all kinds of stuff. Um, new takes on everything. Uh, if I, am so bold as to say the one that I'm very interested in is called dark detective, um, as well as Arkham Knights, I think sounds really cool, but Superman and Metropolis is probably going to be really dope as well. Um, so a lot of different things to check out here. So go check it out. If you're interested again, it's January and February, 2021. Yeah. The comic production is back in full swing. So these will be coming out on time regardless of the coronavirus. But what I think is interesting this is twin tinfoil hat time, Zach. I'm putting think, it on. I think this event was planned in March of 2020. I think they are doing. I think they're doing this two month event to get caught up on all the work that they got behind on. Is my my theory? Well, you're the comic book guy, so you would know if that makes more sense than me. Yeah, for sure. We'll see. Um, the other news article is Zach and I's beloved favorite comic series right now, Gideon Falls from Image Comic, will be coming to an end with issue 27 in December. So not much really to talk about there besides, you know, without getting into too much spoilers. But um, it's going to be a quadruple-sized issue, so 80, play, 80 pages. Um, I'm really excited, man. I'm glad that this series is going to have a beginning and end that was thoroughly thought through by the same writer and artist combo. So yeah, it's been a ride. Let Um, let me tell y'all this. If y'all out there listening to Radiovania and you don't read comics and you don't, you you know, you're like Zach here. You don't read comics regularly. You pick up the ones that your friend John tells you to read or whatever. If you're, you know, you're in lockdown right now, you're being a responsible human being, you're not going out to these crazy-ass Halloween parties and getting crunk with, like, 35 fucking people in a goddamn place or whatever. It's like, hey, you want something good to read? Gideon Falls, and I will say this, is a perfect homage to Twin Peaks, which is one of my favorite television shows of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the perfect comic book adaptation of that, and Gideon Falls is so awesome. It starts out very much like Twin Peaks, and for the first whole trade, I was like, wow, this is very derivative, and I'm not sure if I enjoy this. But then by the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, they start to really deviate from that original formula, and they turn it into something of their own. And so... Gideon Falls is an excellent must-read, one of the best comic books I've ever read. Here, here. Um, yeah, please, you can get caught up now because they're taking the month of, of November off before the uh, final issue comes out. So 
plenty of time there, um, and including that in November, um, Volume 5 will be coming out, so be caught up on everything besides the, the final issue there. But uh, just some highlights from some of the main companies um, for November. So Marvel coming out with some cool books. Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood sounds pretty cool. Um, it's a four-issue miniseries. Um, not much info would go on besides that. Besides, I thought the cover looked cool. Wolverine, always a good time. Um, they are rebooting the Eternals, which since the movie's coming out pretty soon, probably pretty cool to dive into if you haven't, you know, had any experience with those characters yet. Um, and then a book that I'm excited about called Marvel's Voices, which is a mini series that is highlighting some of the other characters of um, different minorities on planet Earth. So a lot of oh, black, cool. Hispanic characters. Um, I think they said even some alien characters too, but. The Marvel version of that, I think, um, was taken from what we'll talk about a little bit down the line with DC, because DC is doing something very similar to that. Um, anyway, with Image, Gideon Falls number one is being released for a dollar, so that's kind of cool. Damn. If you yeah, if you haven't gotten into that yet, and you just want a little taste, you can get one for one George Washington, um, plus plus some spare change. Uh, just you don't need that one. tall diet coke from mcdonald's just spend <laughs> that one dollar read some gideon files yeah yeah get you hooked um and then a new book starting called crossover which is like, like what if um the reality was being warped into the pages of a book you were reading which i think sounds pretty pretty interesting it sounds uh, like dark page master yeah a little bit <laughs> dark horse has the rights to stranger things comics and they are doing oh one. really they're doing a D&D comic book with, I believe it's going to be with each of the um, children's like D&D characters. So like, what's he, Will the Wise or whatever, the wizard. Yeah. Um, so that'll be kind of fun, like a fun That's little cool. Rob thing there. And then DC, uh, they're doing Death Metal 5, which I think is out of seven. So you can go back and get the other issues, get caught up. That's a big crossover event. And then the other history of the DC Universe issue one is very similar to Marvel Voices, which was announced, or the, the DC version was announced to, I want to say close to two years ago. So I don't know if Marvel took their idea or if this is just good for everybody to have both, which is what I think. Um, right. Always shed some more light on the characters of minority descent, which is what the DC Universe is doing in this comic as well. The cool thing about the DC version, though, is it's under their black label um, headline, which is how they can do mature rated comic books. So they don't have to censor language, um, sex, violence, all that kind of stuff. So it'll probably be a lot more gritty. Um, and I believe issue one focuses on the character of Black Lightning, which is a pretty cool, pretty cool character there. So those are just some highlights from perusing the catalog that I found interesting, but check out the catalog for more. For sure. Thank you for the update, John. Yeah, man. Um, well, we talked about I, some things. Yeah, I think we've come to the end of the road, man. Yeah, man. It was good to jump back in the saddle and talk to you, of course, as well as, you know, kind of find a new format for, for what we're going to do here. I'm excited about the things to come. So yeah. we, can, um, we can hold back some of our um, other ideas for, for future episodes for a great unveiling once we flush them out some more. Yeah. We yeah, we've get talked more to into the more into the other other things of the nerd culture yeah we've talked about you know the ideas that we can do to kind of engage the audience more but 
in light of that, while we're still kind of, uh, you know, working out the kinks and, you know, finding what we want to actually do in this, you know, for this great show, um, I will just say, you know, there's been, we've been talking about like, kind of like doing big group things, you know, finding a specific thing, doing it all together, watching it, playing it, doing whatever, and, you know, talking about it, which is what we like to do a lot. And so I will just say this one's an easy low ball, but it's Mandalorian's season two, episode one, episode two, because likely the next time that we'll be meeting will be by the time that either episode two is already out or episode three is already out. But um, we will we'll figure that one out. But either way, let's talk some Mando because it's you know, we we don't know the next time we're going to get a Star Wars movie. So it's Star Wars. It's officially Star Wars season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a lot of things are put on hiatus, except for, I guess, the one thing we have coming down the pipe being Obi-Wan Kenobi. So That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it and, uh, and watch episode two, and we'll talk about it down yeah. the road. Very, very curious to hear what resident Star Wars expert John Obi-Wan Kenobi Parker <laughs> feels about this. So. Thanks. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. As always, this is Radiovania, a nerdy pop culture podcast that's, you know, hanging out with everything be sure to check up on our dceu in review show we will conclude that with birds of prey eventually one of these days as soon as we get around to finding time to view it uh, 84 and wonder woman 84 that's right as soon as that shit comes to vod because my ass ain't going to the theater anytime soon nope. um Follow us at radiovania.com. Go to Radiovania on all your favorite platform, podcast platforms of choice. Radiovania on Twitter, Radiovania on Instagram. I'm at Zach Rotello on all the social media platforms. And until the next time, John, can you leave us with a, let's see, a Halloween quote? Mm. Halloween quote. <laughs> you think maybe he should be taken to a doctor oh that's jack nicholson from the shining i couldn't good. think of anything halloween related no that's good oh, the shining how about is... this he did the mesh that's good both yes. of the i would have i would have totally accepted jack nicholson from shining that's totally a halloween movie perfect Thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Electrical pros, the Home Depot can help you put safety first with a four-pack of Kita FireX Hardwire smoke detectors for just $39.97. Order these interconnected smoke alarms online and you put safety first. And that's followed by $10 savings on each pack, free delivery, and peace of mind knowing you got the right brand for fire safety. See? Put safety first and everything else follows. 
when you order a four-pack of Kitta smoke detectors for just $39.97. Only at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only.